Hi and welcome once again to our daily devotion podcast. Today we want to look at the discipline of spiritual, of secret spirituality. This discipline is so important because it helps us to learn to love God from a pure heart. You know, one of the hardest things about the spiritual life is to love God without any ulterior motives. God sees the heart and He treasures only that which is in the heart. But so often we assume we prefer to live superficially and artificially. And so like in the last few days when we talked about hating, murder and about adultery, we often think that as long as you don't cross the line of committing physical adultery with another woman, that is good enough, that we are faithful husbands. But that is not true. The Bible tells us that the moment we look at another woman lustfully, already we have failed, we have committed adultery. It's in the heart, not in the action. Or again, we think that, well, I haven't killed anyone, so I'm not guilty of murder. Jesus once again says, no, that's not true. The moment you hate another person, you are angry or you wish that person dead, you have already committed murder. And so, while we keep looking at the superficial, while we keep looking at the action, what God wants to look at, what God really treasures, is what's in the heart. You see, it's never okay to love someone with ulterior motives. Whether it is God, it is our wife, or the husbands, our children, it is never alright to love someone superficially, not from the heart or with ulterior motives. Have you often seen couples in public holding hands and being loving, and then at home refusing to talk to each other, feeling cold and hating each other? We put on a show. Is that kind of show acceptable to any of us? I had a friend who would talk wonderful things about his wife and his children and back home he would hate his children and abuse them and he would expect his family to smile and look like a happy family. The problem is this often happens among Christians, among pastors, church leaders. We put on a wonderful show but how can it ever be acceptable when this is only a show? And yet the reality is that that is so much ingrained in us. We can't seem to get rid of that urge to show off, to let others admire us, to respect us, because we are pious. Many years ago, when I was a teenager, I was very, very active in church. I would spend almost every day in church. It was at this time also that I started longing for God. I wanted to love God more and more and to know Him more and more. And so often I would be praying a lot. But I was conscious of this command to hide in a closet to pray. So one day in church I went to this very quiet and unused place and I lay prostrate before the Lord and I prayed. But all of a sudden a church staff, ministry staff, walked in, opened the door and walked in. When she saw me prostrate on the floor, she quickly apologized and ran off. But in my heart, I remember saying in my heart, Wow, God, thanks. Thanks for letting her see me. 
I hope she will report this to the leaders and to the pastor. You see, even when we try our best to be secret in our prayers, our hearts long or want so much for our acts of piety, our acts of love for God to be made public. We want, I wanted my pastor, I wanted my church leaders to say, wow, Ming Li is really a spiritual person. But the problem with this is that the moment this takes center peace in our lives, then how can we be truly loving God? How can we be sure that the only reason why I talk to God is because I love Him? The only reason why I help the poor and I give is because I love them, I have God's love in me. My motives become so mixed. I want the publicity, I want people to say and to, uh, how great I am and to admire my generosity and my spirituality. You know, when that happens, it's of no value at all. And so Jesus teaches us these disciplines. And today we want to look at some of the ways we can discipline ourselves to love God purely. The secret of secret prayer, the secret of the, the discipline of secret giving, and the discipline of secret fasting. Let's look at the passage. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 8. And verse 16 to 18, let us pray. Father, you teach us such precious lessons about our lives and about what's so important to you. We ask that as we read your word, as we meditate on it, and then as we put to practice the disciplines that you teach us, that indeed, Lord, we will live and learn to live and love you purely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 8, 16 to 18. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to sta pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's look first at giving to the needy. The Bible tells us that if you... Jesus tells us that if you make a big show out of giving, you sound the trumpets, you do it for publicity, 
that's all that the reward that's all the value of the giving it's worth nothing of course these days we don't sound trumpets and all that but do we still show off these days it's called a photo op sometimes we call newspapers sometimes we take lots of pictures and then we publish it in our newsletters we let everybody know how good how innovative how wonderful how charitable we are our church is but if that's the reason for it and it is not out of sheer love for the people we serve then all that we do is a waste of time yesterday a friend of mine was telling me about her frustration with her boss her boss was an otherwise very good person but my friend was suggesting you see she worked in a she worked in an organization that serves a certain sector of society and so when she was thinking of how to serve the society that that por- that part of society she thought of certain things that would really be of help to these people when she proposed it to her boss her boss said wow these are very good ideas unfortunately they will not push our profile forward they will not give us more prominence they will not make us move to the top of those in the industry my friend was very frustrated because she felt but we are serving people and my boss though a good person is looking for prominence looking for publicity for the organization as we talked i shared with her then how slippery that slope is from having good motives to having motives for publicity i shared of how when i first started service ministry in prison fellowship i looked at the prisoners i looked at the family members and i asked myself how then do i address these needs these people have so many needs how do i address their needs and i came up with various ideas that would help them you see these ideas were so innovative so new and revolutionary it soon became well known wow mingli is having great ideas and after a few years it got to my head and i began instead to think not of how to meet the needs of the needy i started thinking what would be cutting edge what would take us to the front the frontiers beat the frontiers of those in the industries in this industry i began to think of how to make a name for ourselves as innovative as creative as really good soon my plans were more about looking good looking sharp looking innovative and about meeting the needs of the needy and i realized how easy it is to fall into that trap we want people to admire us we want people to think that we are thinking people that we are intelligent people that we are kind people to creative people but when we start thinking that way and stop thinking of the people that we need we serve and using our creativity not for our publicity but for the people we serve then we have failed altogether giving give secretly so that no one knows at all and so what do we do here are some of the steps first resist the urge to talk about what you do now i know that on sunday we talked about being a light to the world and it should not be covered but let's look at the context of it 
This light of the world is not the shine to blare out like headlights. It is to give hope and direction to those who are lost. We are lights that those who are lost, those who need help, can see a way forward. And often these lights are not glaring headlights, flash, flash bulbs. Often these lights are just a gentle candle or lamp that helps a person find his way. And so, when the Bible tells us to show ourselves as lights, what Jesus means is that we be a guide, a hope to the world. Not to publicize or proclaim our good works, not to blare it out like, like headlights, but as gentle lambs to give hope. And so, personally then, resist the urge to share about it, resist the urge to want publicity for it. I know how hard it is because I've gone through all of this. That often I want to share with someone, eh, you know, the, just the other day, we're talking about helping a needy person. And the cause of it, I was so tempted just to slip in and say, you know that I'm supporting that person also. It's not just these people, you know that I'm also contributing. And I realized that this urge was strong because we want people to know how generous we are. But it's not just personal, it's corporate. Corporate as in our church. Sure, we have to gather people and so we need to make announcements, right? But can we not make sure that the announcements are internal, that we are calling our people who share that passion to come together and not so that our church or our group be famous or well-known. And so we make sure that there is no publicity outside. We don't want to call the newspaper and the reporters just to put our church in the Straits Times or to put our church on the map. We don't want to compete with others too. If someone else is doing the same thing, we could do the same thing. We don't have to be one step ahead to be at the cutting edge. We don't have to say, well, if they're doing it already, then maybe we should do something else. Unless, of course, it's duplicating, but we don't do something else so that, well, they've already taken the limelight. But rather, we do it quietly and, and gather together in secret and then serve the people. We need to watch where our motives are. Most of all, we do the work to meet needs. You know, as we think of plans now to move ahead with what to do in the community, we ask the first question, what does the community need? Where can we fill the void? How can we help ease the pain? And we don't think about well, how to be public, how to get people over, how to make ourselves a name, how to... And all of that, we simply ask ourselves, where are the needs? Where is the pain? Where does God send us to meet those needs? Now then we look at fasting and prayer. Jesus says when you fast, put oil and wash your face. What he's saying, of course, is disguise your fasting. Don't let people know that you're fasting. And that's the principle and so, some tips about fasting. First of all, don't go to dinner and then tell your host you're fasting. You know, I really had a friend that was so upset. We had prepared a big meal for these friends, this big feast. And then the friend walked in and said, Hey, sorry, I can't eat, I'm fasting. I was like, hey man, you could have said another day. You don't come to 
a feast and tell everyone that you are fasting. But that aside, make excuses, excuse yourself when you're asked to join in. You don't have to tell them, well, I'm now praying and I'm fasting. God doesn't, you don't need to do that. It's not a lie if you say, hey, I got something else to do and then you excuse yourself and don't join them for a particular day while you're fasting. But make your acts of piety a secret thing between you and God. And then, of course, resist the temptation after that to share with your style group, hey, you know, today I was so hungry because I was fasting. Live normally, fast secretly. And then, we talk about prayer. Jesus says when, when you pray, don't make a public show of it. And he says, pray privately. Find places that no one, lock yourself in a closet. Find places where no one can notice. Of course, it need not be a literal closet. It could be in a garden. It could be somewhere else. But again, don't let people know that you're praying. Of course, unless you're praying with your family member or you've gathered as a small group to pray, then of course, you pray together. You can't do that in private. But all private prayer, let it be private. But even when you pray in a group or when you pray in public, there are some rules. First of all, do not judge another person for their ability or inability to pray. This happens quite often. When we listen to each other pray and say, wow, that person prays so well, makes me so embarrassed by my inability to pray. Or we may look at that person and say, wow, that person really don't know how to pray, man. Just keep talking and talking. Now, first rule, do not judge another person for his ability or inability to pray. Secondly, do not make a performance out of your prayer. Again, for us, especially as pastors in a public prayer, sometimes we have said things. We, we, I've heard like people tell me, hey, your prayers are so good, and so we repeat the kind of prayers. It becomes a performance. And sometimes we also want validation. You know, we look around and say, hey, how was my prayer? Was it good? Huh? But remember that even public prayers are representing people in their conversation with God. It is not a public performance. And so, instead of wondering how eloquently we pray, how prayerful we sound to people, the one question that we go as we stand up in public to pray or as we pray in a small group is this, God, what do you want me to pray? What are the needs? What are the needs, my needs? What are the needs of the people around me? What are the needs of those I'm praying for? And let me focus on talking to you and helping others to talk to you because this is all that matters. So, the key to these disciplines is that even before we go to our minister publicly, whether it is by prayer and fasting or by giving alms and helping the poor, we must first learn that the most important thing is to love God with all our hearts. This is more important than even doing outreach, more important than going out to serve the community. We must first develop a habit and a discipline of loving God and wanting to serve God and God only. And to do that then, let's begin 
with these disciplines of the discipline of private and secret giving and service, the discipline of secret prayer, discipline of secret fasting. And as we do that and as we begin to really converse with God and engage with God and not pretend to talk to God about having lots of other hopes, ulterior motives, when we sincerely talk to God and listen to God, then God is able to guide us one step at a time to what it means to love Him, to what it means to serve Him, to what it means to serve others out of our love for Him. Let us pray. Father, teach us, teach me to love you with a pure heart. Because God, it's not just you, all of us want to be loved from a pure heart. I want to be loved by people, my family members, because they love me. Not because they want to show to others how close they are to me. And so God, I know that's your desire too and that's what it should be that I would love you with a pure heart that I would not love you with an urge to be respected, to be honoured to be admired for my spirituality but love you simply from the bottom of my heart and so God as we embark on these disciplines help us Lord to develop really the discipline of doing all for you alone. Help us, Lord, as we give, that we may give secretly, but not just give secretly, but want to give secretly. That our one desire will be that you see us do these things and you say to us, this is what I really like. You make me so happy. Help us, Lord, to find that approval in you alone. To do things that will make you happy, whether or not others see it and honour us. Help us then, Lord, even as we pray that in private, that our private prayers will be intimate with you. But our public prayers will also not be to impress people, not to compete and compare with one another, but our public prayers will simply be for us to help another to talk with you. Father, that together as a community, we may grow to truly love you with all our heart, soul, our mind and our strength. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.